Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. And I remember driving down Logan Road or Bogan Road one night and uh, past 7-Eleven or Celeven as we call it in Queensland. And uh, anyway, there's all these little punk skaters setting fire to these boxes down the side out of this 7-Eleven. So as all good citizens do, I kept driving straight past. Uh, but I really failed to go back. Had another one of those spiritual wedgies experiences where I got reefed and I felt to go back. And as you know, all good Christians do, we keep ignoring that and keep driving. Uh, but I got about three and a half k's down the old road and I thought, oh, I better go back and look after these skaters. So I ripped my little Mazda 3D3 power around, leg it into this little 7-Eleven, wound my window down and said, boys, what are you doing? They said, nothing. I said, want to go for a skate? And they said, oh, that'd be awesome, man. So I pulled about 17 in my Mazda 3D3 power back in the day when you could do that. And I took them skateboarding every Friday night and I just started skateboarding with these young kids every Friday night. And some nights there'd be three would rock up, other nights 35 would rock up. And I'd ring my mates from church with their vans to help come pick them up. But I just felt I needed to do something. And then after a little while we saw some of these kids start coming out of the drugs, out of the alcohol. And then we started five more of these youth clubs uh, all around Brizzy. And then when, but when they got to year 12, they were all in, in Queensland, they go to Gold Coast schoolies. And I put five years into these young people, seeing them come out of the drugs, out of the alcohol. I was really worried about them going to schoolies. Schoolies in Queensland was quite different back in the day, really violent, like uh, kids being dragged into cars and assaulted in stairwells and, uh, you know, assaulted on beaches. And uh, there'd be fights happening. There'd be all these, like, uh, bogans coming down from the south side of Brisbane and they'd fill up these long socks full of rocks and go through the crowds, king-hitting kids. And I was really worried about my boys. I put five years into them. And I thought all that five years' work could be gone in one week as they get into the one punch and into all these dramas down there. So I thought, I better go look after my boys at schoolies. And I got a bit of footage of my first visit to schoolies week. Some of you guys have seen this one, but others haven't. And this will explain why I give lollies to students for a living and don't get arrested. Okay, so let's have a look at my first visit to schoolies week. A young mini-wee with my mullet, which I do miss. Thank you. Hi, my name's Andy Goulet, aka Boss Frog. I'm here to give you the inside story on how Red Frog started. See, it all started because looking after a bunch of sketchy punk skaters up in Bris Vegas, they were getting up to no good, but when they got to year 12, they all went to schoolies, and I went down to look after them. When I got down to the Gold Coast, I just couldn't believe how big it had gotten. Schoolies everywhere. Had a tin of VB come off a building, like smashed just a metre from me. I uh, saw a chair come off a building into a pool. Guys doing nudie runs past you as thousands of schoolies were going past them chanting, let's go down the road, let's go down the road. So I went to visit my boys in the, in the hotel room and, and I went to get in, but there was a massive security guard who wouldn't let me in. I was ticked, I was spewing at him. But I, I sort of went down the road and I thought, oh, no, I'm not letting this fella tell me I can't look after my skaters. So the next day, I went into the hotel manager and said, look, do you want a hand at schoolies week? And she goes, oh, that sounds fantastic. Takes me into office and starts making me like cups of tea and scones. And then she goes like, how many friends can you bring down to schoolies? Just to give you an idea, like her building was 417 year olds. In every room, there's more alcohol and grog stacked up than you could chuck your nana at. And there's more other substance floating around that you care to mention. And like two security guards and one hotel manager trying to keep a lid on 400. So we just started crashing parties just when it started going 
like floor to floor, finding kids passed down stairwells and found this one kid passed down the lift with a bucket on his head so he took him out of the lifts, dragging him back to the units and so there's music belting through this door and we knocked on this door, a little schoolie peers out and goes, who are you? He said, oh, Hotel Chaplaincy. He said, Hotel what? He said, yeah, Hotel Chaplaincy. He said, Hotel Security? It was a real hassle getting into the rooms, like really difficult getting in and so we legged it down to the local convenience store, found this massive big box of Alan's Red Frogs and we just grabbed this big box of frogs, went straight back up to this unit Knocked on this door, little schoolie peers out. He goes, who are you? I said, oh, Hotel Chaplaincy. He goes, Hotel what? I said, nah, mate, nah, do you want a red frog? He goes, oh, red frogs, they're coming in, man. And he's yelling, we got frogs. And all his mates start coming off the veranda, grabbing handfuls of these red frogs. And I'm standing here with this box of lollies going, these things are amazing. Then went to the next room, knocked on the room, it was like the naked room, all they were wearing were pots and pans and stuff. And some big unit had a saucepan full of alcohol, and he, he points it out, he goes, oh, drop a frog in the pond, mate, drop a frog in the pond. He had said, righto, mate, there you go. So got on the phone to our workers and said, buy the Gold Coast out of Red Frogs right now. Went to every convenience store, every cash and carry Woolies, and we got 80 kilos of Red Frogs. And they just got us into every party, just straight away. Even past the big security guards that weren't letting us in, we'd rock up, they go, where you going? Can't come in here. Mate, what are from? Oh, yeah, bro, yeah, bro, coming in, bro. And then the next year, the council rang me again and said, Andy, can you bring your teams back? And we brought back 45 workers the next year and went through 220 kilos of frogs. And then next year, it was 90 workers and 440 kilos of frogs. Then 130 workers the next year with 880 kilos of frogs. Then the next year, 1.2 tonne of Alan's red frogs. And then now we've gone to 24 tonne a year through all our programs, reaching 70,000 schoolies in over 17 locations. We talked to 52,000 Year 12s in our high school education program. We're now one of the largest support networks for schoolies in Australia. It's also one of the largest support networks in universities in Australia, as well as now music festivals, sporting events, and overall our programs, it's around 1.2 million Aussies we deal with a year. Why? Because I ride a skateboard, you know, and took some kids skateboarding three hours a week. And it's amazing, like, the power of little things, you know. Little things over a long period of time become big things if you're consistent. People think that they can't make a difference, that the issues are too big, and you don't realise that if everyone does just something, that all adds up to some big impact in life. And so it's just an amazing honour to now champion this amazing movement called Red Frog with thousands of volunteers that are involved every year. And it's just one of my greatest honours and greatest privilege to still be involved with all these young champions coming through, doing far bigger stuff than what I ever did at their age. And, uh, mate, it is an absolute privilege. There you go. I do, I do miss my mullet, that's for sure. So that's about 70,000 schoolies in about 17 locations, um, including over here, obviously. Back in the day, it was Rottnest Island, Dunsborough. Preble, Margaret River, uh, even Bali, the team here helped pioneer Bali, which a great team go over there, about 32 workers head over and over there they have methanol poisoning where young uh, students drink this undistilled alcohol and literally the tongue goes white, their eyes start to burn and if it doesn't get out of the system it kills them and they have to airlift them to Darwin Hospital. And the teams have done a great job uh, from particularly teams from here from WA 
uh, literally find it. He found a young Perth kid uh, passed out in this resort area. And he goes, oh, my eyes are burning, my eyes are burning. And the team sort of knew what was happening. Uh, they tried to get a, a medical van, but the, the, all the roads were blocked up. So they literally threw a helmet on him, said, mate, can you hang on? Chucked him on the back of a moped, got him to the International Medical Centre and then airlifted him back to, to Perth, which is to Darwin and to Perth. Amazing stories, but also education now. We talked to 68,000 in high school education seminars and great to see the high school education team down here today. We go in and teach them how not to get evicted, at, you know, from your hotel room at Levers and how not to turn your parents into grandparents over schoolies week. You know, say, you know, bring them back a souvenir beach towel, not a kid, you know. Uh, also, too, uh, we do a lot in um, uh, universities. Uh, universities is our biggest area, as I mentioned before. We look after about 400,000 uni students, over 1,200 events around Australia now, and halls of residence, which uh, Kylie and, and uh, uh, Hayden are now full-time froggers, pretty much a uni res, looking after 740. And we better get a free uh, stall at a Kuo too, mate, two years' time. I'm putting that out there right now. Uh, but, but through unis, to us, Levers is just pre-O week, to where we do hydration stations, walk-home teams, and now the largest harm prevention network in unis. But they're also, as mentioned before, festivals. We do 42 major festivals around Australia with our Festy, Fro Festy Frog Cruise, looking after about 700,000 festival goers. And the stories are amazing, where they literally cruise through and rehydrate them in the mosh pits, finding kids that are passed out face down in mud, getting them to the paramedics, and, and incredible stories of early intervention. Uh, but then also sport, as mentioned before, a uh, great gig to volunteer at the Optus Stadium is the, the, uh, the, the cricket uh, where we, where, and how, what that looks like. We're on comms with security at the cricket uh, and security sees like the Bay 13 start firing up and they go send in the froggies. And we go down to the water backpacks, hitting with water sprays, putting sunscreen on them, uh, playing sculling games with water with the Barmy Army. And it's actually, as mentioned before, reduced evictions up to 40% around Australia. But then also high school after parties. This is another big area for us where after formal parties, they go to kick on at these big properties and drink all night. And that's been amazing in lowering the sexual assaults at those parties. We were at one up in Toowoomba in Queensland a few months ago and this young girl was so drunk. We'd said it was on this big random property, big dam there. And we set up like a pancake station, hydration station, lights, and, we, and we're cooking pancakes for all these kids that are drinking from 12 to four in the morning. This young girl comes up, she starts getting led away by this bloke. And the team saw what's happening, and they were really sharp. They said, oh, do you want pancakes? She goes, oh, yeah, pancakes. She comes back, and it gave us enough time to find her girlfriends. And then we realised, the girlfriends realised they didn't even know who this guy was and got away safely. Just those sliding door moments. In fact, over leavers and schoolies, we do about 5,000 walk homes over that time. It's actually reduced sexual assaults we've had to deal with by 75% in the last 10 years. So through all that... It's about 1.4 million Aussies we look after as Froggies. Uh, why? Because I ride a skateboard. Why? Because while I was studying accounting and, and going on to my career, I gave up three hours of my week to do something for someone else. You know what? There's incredible power in little things we do. You know, to make a difference on our planet, you don't need to give up seven days a week and come volunteer at Metro Church for seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You should just start with three hours in a week. And just the power of little things. And I'm so thankful during my uni career. I'm so thankful while I worked full-time as an accountant for seven years that I just gave up three hours of my week, week after week, month after month, year after year, 
to sow into those skateboarders' lives. That's opened the pathway for this amazing work called Red Frogs. So today what I want to look at is I want to look at keys for you on how you can impact your world for good and for God. Who wants to make a bit of a difference while you're on this planet? Who knows there's a little bit of need out there at the moment? Who knows there's a few, bit of need in families, a bit of need in the party scene? Who, who knows that we need to see zero sexual assaults on our university res colleges, zero sexual assaults in high school after parties? Who knows there's a bit of work to do yet there? So I want to look at some keys that I found on my journey as the, um, the East Coast boss frog uh, on to impact your world for good and for God. First point is this, to make a difference in your world, to make a difference in the world around you, I've got a really simple philosophy that doing something is better than nothing. Do, I know that's deep. You might have to do three years theological college at some university in the States with a funny name, but doing something is better than nothing. See, it doesn't matter what you do, just do something. So when I drove past that 7-Eleven at, at 10 at night, past those skaters, I wasn't a youth worker, I wasn't a mental health clinician, I wasn't a counsellor, I wasn't a psychologist, I was just studying accounting at uni and had a skatey in the back of my car. See, we all don't have all the answers, but we can be part of the answer. And sometimes we feel hopeless. We see on the media, we see, oh, you know, mental health issues and drug and alcohol issues and all these other issues. And we go, we go God, how can I make a difference? How can my little contribution make a difference? But imagine this, if everyone in this room just does one thing this year, Everyone in this room just does one thing. What an incredible ripple effect that would be through the communities of Perth, through the communities of WA, through the communities that come from overseas. Just if everyone does something, because something's better than nothing. But my challenge to you today is what's in your hand? For me, it was a skatey. For me, it was a skateboard. But for you, it could be a basketball. You might start a three-on-three basketball comp with some refugee kids down your local neighbourhood and start doing that every week. It could be cooking. You might be the next master chef of WA sitting in this room and you might go to the, the Red Frog uni team and go, hey, listen, Tuesday, I want to bake 100 muffins for your uni teams to give out on those resident colleges. Do you know what Tuesdays we've known in the halls of residence up in UWA? Muffin Tuesdays. As these, these students smell these muffins coming down the hallways, you're literally impacting hundreds of uni students' lives. Why? Because you bake. See, it doesn't matter what you do as long as we do something. It could be IT. You might be an IT genius. You might love raiding woolly mammoths with, you know, in the villages every weekend online. That's your thing. But you might go to some local charities that are really struggling and you might look at their website and social media and see how rubbish it is and go, hey, listen, I want to give you a couple of hours a week just so you can reach more people with what you do. See, what is in your hand today? And whatever's in your hand is about doing something rather than nothing. Also, second point is this, to make a difference in our world, I believe we, we, we can't be whingers in life. Don't be a whinger in life. There are so many social media haters out there. I reckon we should start a wedgie squad for social media haters, eh? So many whingers in life. Oh, it's the, the Premier's fault. It's the Council's fault. It's ScoMo's fault. It's Donald Trump's fault. That's sort of half true. But, you know, it's always someone else's fault, isn't it? Just well, Aussies, we're a big bunch of whingers sometime. And I, I, we had the G20 summit in Brisbane uh, a few years back when Barack Obama was still in power. The top 20 leaders came into Brisbane and this big refugee advocacy group 
uh, contacted me and said, Andy, we're doing a protest in Musgrave Park, one of the big parks in Brizzy, about refugee rights and refugees to these 20 global leaders. Can you, as Red Frogs, come help? And I said to him, I said, mate, we don't do any refugee English-speaking classes. We don't do any accommodation services. We don't do any micro-business enterprises. We, don't, we just look after drunk people really well. That's all we do. He said, so I'd feel really funny about criticising the government. I'm doing stuff all about. But what I will do, mate, is I'll come down to Musgrave Park, set up a hydration station with zooper-dupers and water and rehydrate your guys because you're doing a great job in that space. See, I have a policy in life. I don't criticise stuff I'm doing nothing about. Don't be a whinger in life. Whingers change nothing. Social media haters change nothing. You need to become the answer you want to see or shut up. See, don't be a whinger in life. We need to be, and you see, be angry, get fired up. I love the passion. I love the passion. It's just misdirected. See, use frustration as fuel. Use frustration to do something yourself. In fact, the thing you're most frustrated about right now is probably the thing you need to do. And until you do it, you're a hypocrite. Until you do it, you've got no standing because Aussies can see hypocrites. They can discern, uh, you know, uh, are you the real deal? Do you really believe what you believe? And your actions will speak that louder than words. Also, too, to, to make a difference in our world and make a difference in your communities in WA, this is the other big thing I found to make a difference in our world is the power of little is great. The power of little is great. If you can master this, you're on a pathway for greatness. If you can master the power of little, you're on a pathway of greatness. Like I said, for me, while I was studying accounting, three hours a week, I surrendered my skateboard and said, well, God, whoever rocks up this Friday, I'll look, I'll look after them. Week after week, month after month, that three hours a week. And if I'm really honest, the rest of the week was all about me, my friends, my career, what I want to do. But for three hours, I just surrendered that time. And it became a pathway to fulfilling some of my dreams. But not only that, but the power of little things you do is powerful for people. When I was running my youth clubs, we had this young guy named Davey, came down this hill on his treadley, did a big head-on into this car, putting like a big Superman through the front windshield and put him in hospital about five weeks with a broken pelvis. And anyway, when this kid was in hospital, I, got, I said to my club leader, Damo, I said, mate, go get a car down the survey. Got this car and we all rode in it, mate. We're just praying for you, mate, for your recovery. And we just all put words of encouragement in there for him. And we dropped it up the hospital to this young kid named Davey. I ran into this kid, Davey, about nine years ago. And he comes up to me in this crowd. He goes, Andy, do you remember me from youth club days? I went, yeah, I do, mate. How are you doing? He goes, not bad now. Not too bad now, but I wasn't good. I was into drugs for about nine years and it messed me up. And there were two times I wanted to give up. Two times where I nearly went through with giving up. And just before I was about to pull the trigger on those two times, I remember that card you guys gave me and I knew someone cared about me and I couldn't go through with it. And I just wanted to thank you for saving my life. Mate, absolutely floored me. Like, like all the hairs on the back of my neck stood up and all the hairs on my back stood up too, which is quite a few. And a $1.50 card saved this kid's life. Never negate the power of little things. Never negate the power of little things you do, that coffee you buy, that lawn you mow for the lady down the road. The power of little things is great. And also, too, I think to make a difference in, our life, in people's lives and make a difference in your world, I, I believe you need to be passionate about what you do. Who remembers the late Steve Irwin, Crocodile Hunter? What a legend, eh? I get to travel overseas when I, back in the day when you could do that. 
um, a lot. And you know Steve Irwin is still the most well-known Aussie on the planet and he's been passed away over 15 years now. And, and he wasn't known for his great intellect of the animal kingdom, was he? He wasn't known for his great grasp on workplace health and safety. He was known for his passion, wasn't he? He'd pick up this little, little like, bug and go, crikey, look at this little fella and rave on about it for 10 minutes. And then you see a bug and see, wow, look at the, look at the colours in that. For only 10 minutes earlier, you would have just stepped on it with your foot, enjoy the noise it made and kept walking. See, passion influences. Passion creates things. If you want to make a difference, you need to get passionate about what you do. You need to get passionate about young people's lives. Get passionate about aged care. Get passionate about homelessness. Get passionate about those issues because passion creates. See, passion creates time. Did you know you're not too busy to make a difference? You just lack passion? See, if you're passionate about something, you'll crawl across a busy freeway naked, across broken glass, just to get to the edge of what you're passionate about. See, passion, see, time is not your enemy. Busyness is not your enemy. It's lack of passion is. And finally this, um, last point tonight, today, in making a difference in our world, I believe we need to learn the art of being second. Learn the art of being second. In other words, putting others first and us second. And I see some of my leaders that have some inspirations to me that are just absolute icons like Mother Teresa. Uh, gave a life to serving the least in India and re- literally reformed communities over there. In a sporting context, and this pains me greatly because I'm a Wallaby supporter, where the All Blacks, one of the most successful teams on the planet, have this incredible culture in, in their team where at the end of the game, it's not the rookies that clean up the dressing room and all the strapping tape and bottles, the leadership group cleans up the dressing room because no one's bigger than the jersey. No one individual is bigger than the two. Jersey. Servant leadership is one of the most powerful tools you have. And for me, learning to serve others is so important. And so one area where I serve in my local area is, into, is students that live on residential colleges. And this has been a tough two years for students, where a lot of international students are being caught here, haven't been able to go home, been on res colleges. So one way we reach out in, in frogs, we do coffee crawls instead of pub crawls and games nights and a whole range of different things. But for me to make time for that, I need to learn the art of being second. So, for example, if I want to go see the latest Star Wars movie, sounds like we need to do a bit of education with Mr. Pastor Jeff Woodward here too. Mandalorian, how good is episode five and Boba Fett, by the way, right there. Um, But if I want to go see the latest Star Wars movie down at the local cinemas, I'll message the the res students first. If they can't make it, I'll just go with my mates. If I want to just chill at the Three Monkeys Cafe and smash a chai and play some Monopoly deal, I'll message the uni resis first. If they can't make it, then I'll go with my mates. Or if I get some tickets to the Queensland Reds rugby on the weekend and I want to go see the Reds play rugby union, the game that, where they have, can play other countries and stuff, uh, I'll message the uni boys first and if they can't make it, I'll just go with my mates. See, how available are you for others? What room do you make yourself for others? What margins do you have with others? And how I do that is learning the art of being second, where I put others first and then me second. And quite often the uni guys can't make coffee or can't make movies or can't make reds and then I just go with my mates. That's okay, but do I give them a chance? Do I make myself available to make a difference in my life? So as we finish this morning, I just want to close in prayer, but also uh, a challenge today. What's your one thing? What is your one thing you could do? What is one thing? In fact, what is in your hand today? What is that one passion, one gift, one thing you could do to to just surrender that and start serving that? And consistency, 
the power of little. Not to start big, but start small. Start small and get consistently in there. And will you be available for a generation? Can I say there's so much need out there? There's so much need out there. And you can be part of that answer. You're not all the answer, but you can be part of that answer as you surrender your gifts and talents, as you make yourself available. But also today, maybe your passion level isn't high. Your tank's been drained through life. And maybe today you need to that tank to be real, refilled up with passion to make that difference and to get around passionate people. I find to fill up my tank, get around others that are passionate, more's caught than taught. Get around good people, good environments. That makes all the difference. So as I pray, I'm just going to pray uh, as we finish and invite amazing Pastor Jeff up to finish this service. Father, I thank you for this incredible congregation here. I thank you for this incredible home of the frog in WA. I thank you for its incredible legacy. God, I thank you for the gifts and talents that you've given us, but our gifts and talents aren't just for us, they're for others. And Father, I just pray that you would show people in this room and listening online today, what is that one thing? What is that one thing I could surrender? What is that one thing I could lay down and make a difference in my world and my community? And Father, I just pray that you would make that so clear. And God, for ones that are struggling right now with hopelessness and, and even some desperation there, God, I just pray that you'd fill their tanks up. God, that they'd find a survey to roll into to fill their tanks up again, to fuel them up with the passion to make a difference. And God, I just pray that we don't be selfish with our lives, that we make ourselves available for others, that we truly learn the art of being second. And we pray this and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Andy. That was like a uh, wall-to-wall. Mate, you are such a Queenslander.